Commissioner, staff is ready when you are. All right, good evening and welcome to the October 6, 2022 Parks and Community Enrichment Commission meeting. This meeting is now called to order and I'm at Renfrey Park enjoying some soccer practice if anyone wants to turn into an in-person meeting. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll to establish the quorum? Thank you. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call. Commissioner Flores. Present. Commissioner Gaines. Present. Commissioner Gallardo Good. Present. Commissioner Guerrero. Present. Commissioner Herman. Present. Commissioner Kingis. Is currently joining us. We'll come back to her. Commissioner Klutzman. Present. Commissioner Liu. Uh, present. Commissioner McCarchick. Is currently absent. Commissioner Meta. Is currently absent. Vice Chair Vasquez. Present. Chair Lavelle. I am here. Thank you. And returning to Commissioner Kangas. Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. Great. Thank you all. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand by public comment. The chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via the telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Start with the land acknowledgement. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Cutwin Wintoon peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. We have a correction here. Only item one, approval of minutes, will be heard on the consent calendar. Items two and three will proceed after item five. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. We currently have no members of the public with their hands raised. All righty. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Once and twice. All right. 
Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Come on, don't be bashful. This is Rita. Oh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Good. I uh, motion to approve the minutes. Second. Thank you, Commissioner Good. Thank you, Commissioner Herman. All right. We, uh, can we proceed with the vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Commissioner Gaines? Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Aye. Commissioner Guerrero? Yes. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Commissioner Kangas? Aye. Commissioner Klutzman? Yes. Commissioner Liu? Commissioner Liu? Oh, it Aye. Thank you. Sorry. No worries. Vice Chair Vasquez? Chair Lavelle? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Commissioners McCarchick and Matter are absent. All right. Fantastic. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item seven. Item seven. <laughs> item four is the permitting and events program update. And at this point, I will also hand it off to Vice Chair Vasquez uh, to run the meeting until I am back at my desk. But is there a staff presentation? Hi, good evening, everyone. This is Melissa Romero, the Recreation General Supervisor for Permitting and Events. Um, I'm going to share my screen with you for the presentation. Give me just a moment. just a minute it's of course giving me challenges right now Sorry, it's completely kicked me out. It's jammed up my computer. Give me just a minute. Melissa, would you like me to try to share mine? That would be great. Yeah, it's, it's completely jammed me for some reason. So sure, that would be great, time. Rocky. Thank you. Sure. How's this? Can you see this? Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. No problem. I'm not sure what happened there. 
So sorry, let's try this again. Once again, um, good evening. I'm Melissa Romero, the Recreation General Supervisor for Permitting and Events. Uh, essentially, um, our role in this section is to permit all of the public property for the City of Sacramento, as well as support council events, um, both with coordination and equipment. Um, tonight, I've asked all of my staff, my key staff members to be here to talk about who they are and what their roles are. So we'll go into a little bit more about what the functions are at that time. Um, I know many people's big question is, hey, what did you do permitting an events during COVID? Um, and that's a great question. We were actually fairly busy. You can go back, Rocky. Um, during the COVID impact, um, there were not a lot of your standard type of events that we typically see now, like the festivals and concerts. But based on the county rules and regulations, we still were able to permit things like farmers markets, uh, food distribution events, vaccination events that the city put on, et cetera. So we were still quite busy. And in addition, my event support team, um, who you'll meet the supervisor, Richard, his team played an essential role in distribution of food programs for the city and then as well as um, providing equipment for uh, press conferences related to COVID as well as the vaccination clinic. Um, so you'll see in a few slides from now that the COVID numbers did impact our permitting, but we are rebounding very quickly. Um, some of the trends that we are noticing now that COVID is quote unquote over is a lot more very large festivals and concerts. It seems that um, people are very interested in having especially series of concerts where there are multiple uh, weeks or months of having these concerts. And we're starting to see a lot less of the farmer's markets and food type of events that we saw during COVID. Um, during COVID, we did see a lot of um, restaurants that were extending onto the public right away. And we were um, working with those groups to help them serve food and alcohol on their extended patios into the streets. Um, so as we move forward with 2023, I expect the same to occur with a lot more large concerts and events taking place on large pieces of our property, like the rail yards, which has become really popular. Rail Yards Boulevard has been host to several events this year, a lot of concerts. Um, and we're also seeing a lot of um, challenges with finding dates and locations. Everybody wants to have their events in May, June, September, and October. <laughs> so if I look a little exhausted and my team does too, we're right in the, the thick of things right now. Um, you're probably aware that Aftershock is happening this weekend at Discovery Park and we're heavily involved with that. So um, very, very busy for us, but I continue to see that trend um, continue with the large events. Um, right now, I would like to turn it over to my very amazing, hardworking team. We are very small but mighty. We take on a lot of work every season. It continues to grow, um, and we would not be able to accomplish half of what we do if I didn't have an amazing team. Um, and so I've invited my key team members tonight to talk about their roles a little bit, go into a little bit more about what their functions are, and also share some numbers from the following season. Um, so Sonia Ibanez will start, followed by Rocky Rivera and then Richard Perez. Sonia, would you like to start? Yes, I will. Thank you, Melissa. Good evening. My name is Sonia Ibanez, Customer Service Specialist. 
Um, I issue special events. Uh, special events are events that take place on public property, which can include parks, streets, alleys, sidewalks, public trails, and other city-owned lots. Park events with more than 200 attendees or any size event that includes amplified sound, alcohol, open to the public event, and or street closures. Special event applications must be submitted at least 60 days in advance uh, of an event. And we have permitted a total of 798 special events for 22 to date. Making sure applicants work with, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 798 events. And then let's see here what else. COVID reduces the number of permitted events in our city, but we are still busy permitting activities with the county regulations. Did allow such such as farmer markets, food events, vaccination drive-throughs, extension of restaurant premises on city property, et cetera. Uh, we have seen some decreased uh, activities such as in farmer's markets. Uh, there have been challenges with space and date conflicts and lack of city resources such as Sacramento Police Department staffing the events this year. Uh, does anyone have any questions for me? Right. All right, thank you, Sonia. Rocky, do you wanna introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Ulysses Rivera. Uh, as you heard, I go by Rocky, so many of you may know me uh, through the city as Rocky. Um, either one's fine. I am a program coordinator with permitting and uh, events. I uh, permit general parks um, across Sacramento, as well as uh, neighborhood block parties. And um, sorry, my computer is acting up here. And I also permit um, uh, council district events um, throughout the city as well, through all eight districts. And I am the uh, contract manager for those uh, vendor contracts that contract with council districts. Rocky, do you want to review um, a little bit about the neighborhood about block neighborhood block parties? parties? Absolutely. Yes. So uh, neighborhood block parties are intended for residents to close the street for the purposes of a neighborhood celebration or gathering. Um, these are not open to the public events. These are just for that uh, neighborhood and or uh, the residents that uh, reside along that um, requested street closure for that uh, neighborhood block party. Uh, there's a $25 uh, permit fee attached to a neighborhood permit, a neighborhood block party permit. Examples of neighborhood block parties are, um, are include uh, July 4th, Halloween, National Night Out. Uh, we see quite a few um, in August as well with, uh, with uh, you know, Veterans Day and things like that. Um, we permitted 72 block parties for 2020 and that's today, there are still more coming. Um, uh, as you can see from the slides here, um, every year is relatively different. After 2020, prior, sorry, prior to 2020, we permitted over 100 per year, as you can see. Um, 2020 hit us pretty pretty hard with uh, neighborhood block parties as it did everyone else. Uh, in 2021, we rebounded a little bit with 63, and then in, obviously in 2022, we had 72. So, um, we are on the path to getting back to where we used to be, but it has um, 
dip down a bit. Uh, as for mayor and uh, council office support in council district events throughout the city, I'm the initial point of contact for all council district events. Um, I conduct annual meetings and typically uh, December through January um, to review the special events uh, uh, process and to kind of go over what went well, what didn't, and how to improve uh, moving forward and to get a, a general idea of what's being planned for the next year. Um, part of my responsibility is to secure park reservation. That's um, both with the general public and with the uh, mayor and council office uh, uh, special events. Uh, I coordinate with parks, uh, park maintenance, park rangers requests, and uh, any additional services that are required from or requested from council district offices uh, to support special events uh, that they're holding for their community. Um, I procure event vendors and um, guide both council district offices and vendors through the insurance requirements and the process on, by which to obtain the proper insurance. Um, I work directly uh, with multiple portable restroom services uh, vendors throughout the city to uh, provide those uh, services to council district offices. Um, I am the contract manager for uh, all procured uh, vendors, uh, event vendors for council district offices. So that means bands, that means lighting, DJs, anything like that. Um, all the way down to face painters, honestly. Um, so uh, I do quite a, quite a few of, uh, contracts throughout the year. And as of uh, today, uh, in 2022, we have coordinated 114 events for council district offices uh, in the city of Sacramento. Uh, these are the numbers um, this year. Uh, oops, sorry about that. These are the numbers this year uh, broken down uh, by each council district office. Uh, as you see, some council district offices are a little more prolific in their special event needs. Um, we do not produce these events. We just support these events. So uh, council district offices reach out to me uh, when they are planning a special event to get everything situated. So that's why you'll see a, 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 such a, a difference between, say, Council District 6 with 29 and Council District 2 with uh, 2. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, please let me know. Thank you, Rafi. Richard, how are you? Are you able to talk? Are you online? Come in, over. Oh, hi. Okay, great. Go ahead, Richard. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Great. Uh, good evening. My name is Richard Pettis. The events are quickly. Uh-oh. It's like it's fit here. We can hear can you, hear Richard. Yes, we can hear you. Please continue. Okay. Um, my name is Richard Pettis, the Events Equipment Support Supervisor for Youth Parks and Cultural Enrichment Department. Together with my staff of two full-time and one part-time employee, we provide equipment for City Council District events. Putting together successful events requires working in tandem with both event scheduling and the various city 
council district staffs to help ensure that all sanctioned council citywide park site and offsite scheduled venues are safe, clean, and geared towards and the many diverse communities here in the city. Post COVID, this has been the busiest season in the last several years. Events, equipment, services remains at the ready to serve our fine city residents in our quest to maintain Sacramento's legacy as one of California's best places to. Um, I know it's kind of short, but uh, I, if you have any questions, uh, please go ahead. And if not, uh, my cell phone number is 916-207-6955. I'm available close to 24 hours of the day. Just kidding. But I'm available quite often on that cell phone. So if you need anything, just give me a holler and I'll be more than happy, happy to help you with your needs, with your equipment needs. Thank you very much. Do you want to share anything with the numbers on the equipment request? Uh, I'm having difficulty bringing them up. Okay. The, the graph is on there now. So this just shows the equipment request received by Richard. Um, again, these are equipment requests that the council members have supported. You might notice that these numbers look a little bit different than the events coordinated by Rocky. And that is because council offices can support other events that are organized or produced by the public by providing equipment for them. So um, the numbers usually are a little bit higher in this regard because they're providing equipment again as support for private events. Um, and then Rocky, okay. And so um, the future of permitting and events, what does this mean? So one of the big things I get quite a bit is, wow, the application's pretty cumbersome. You know, it's a good 30 pages in length. And the reason for that is when we redid the city code several years ago, we wanted to make sure people were reading the new rules and we merged both the special event application as well as the event guide into one document, basically so that we were saying, read this, sign that you read it. So we understand that that you did it. And so now we're at the place where um, we just have so many events and it's so cumbersome for both event organizers to complete as well as us to send documents out to all the agencies and departments that we have to work with. So I did receive some grant money from um, the economic development department. So this winter when things slow down a little bit, um, I will be redoing our online application or creating an online application for the ease of both our customers as well as distribution to the agencies and the other departments that we work with. Um, additionally, I will pair apart the two documents again, so we'll have just the application and then an event guide. And that event guide will be located on our enhanced website that I plan to do as well. Um, that will include all the information you need to know that's currently in the special event application, um, just outlined in an easier format to read online as well as links to the various forms that they might need to fill out from other agencies or departments. For example, the police department has a supplemental um, application that they require if you're going to have alcohol in an event um, and an ABC application um, for the state department to serve alcohol, that type of thing. So it should help cut down on some of the workload for my team with not having to share so many documents or folks having to look up these documents on their own. It'll, all be in one easy place for them to review. Um, part of that enhanced website would include a public calendar of large scale city permitted events. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time and it seems for some reason very hard to do, um, but CHP has one that 
that I use quite a bit on theirs for state property. And it's simply just a calendar that outlines what is happening on each day, general information, this event, this many people, the event hours, where type of thing. And I think that's important for the public um, as an easy spot for notification. A lot of times what we see are complaints about the notification for special events. And what will happen is somebody will receive a flyer or something posted on their door that an event is coming, but they don't necessarily read it. I see this a lot with running events where folks will think, oh, hey, I'm in being invited to a run when actually it's a notification about street closures. So hopefully we'll be able to put together some type of calendar where the public will know to go and they can look and plan for themselves. Um, a lot of times I'll get somebody calling, oh, I just realized that the street will be closed for this run, but I was having a garage sale. Hopefully the public can look up and see if anything's happening in their neighborhood. Also, I hope that more event organizers will look at this calendar to plan their own dates and um, times. They'll be able to look and see if another festival is happening or a concert. Um, and then finally, National Night Out collaboration. This is a big one. Um, I know you probably noticed in the neighborhood block party slide that neighborhood block parties have gone down a little bit. I think this has a lot to do with um, neighborhood services um, being disbanded. Back when neighborhood services was a section, they were um, heavily involved with National Night Out. They would prepare packets of information from all the city departments and coordinate with these neighborhood associations to complete the National Night Out block party application, give this information, and then coordinate with the police department as well so that an officer would come out to their block party. Um, since we lost neighborhood services, this has kind of gone by the wayside and we're seeing less folks submit applications for National Night Out. I personally think this is a great night for neighborhoods to get out, meet your neighbors. Um, it's got a huge public safety component. Um, so we've had a couple council offices approach us requesting that we somehow work with these neighborhood associations a little bit more this year for 2023 and bring this back. So um, Rocky and I will be looking you know, for a way for our team to get a little bit more involved in this process with each council district and be able to roll out information for the people that do decide to have these block parties. Um, and that's always in August of every year. So I, I think this is, you know, very doable for 2023 with everything we have going on. Um, so that I think is about it for our presentation tonight, covered a lot of information. I know we probably went quite a bit over, um, <laughs> but um, it was important for me to introduce my team. Um, we're not out a lot. We're very much behind the scenes doing things. Um, so let me know if you have any questions and myself or my team are happy to answer. Wonderful, thank you, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. We currently have no members of the public with their hands raised. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Gaines? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, so I actually don't have a question. I just wanted to make a comment. I uh, do event planning at my job for the Sacramento Native American Health Center, and um, your team has been fantastic to work with um, over the last few years. Um, just really personable, helpful. That is a beast of an application, <laughs> um, you know, and the team has been great. And I actually mentioned this um, at the last uh, PCEC meeting, but um, 
the Sacramento powwow is one of the biggest events that we have in our community. And it's just one elder who puts this event on all by herself. Um, and, you know, Rocky, without you, this would not have happened. Um, you know, that you really made sure she got that application, made sure, I mean, we ended up sending it in, but you know, she, she had it, you walked her through the process, you know, got back to her quickly. And I truly, truly believe we would not have had that event if it hadn't have been for the work that you did um, to support her. So I just want to, you know, thank you and thank this whole team uh, just for the work that you guys do, because while it feels like a lot, you guys are right there with us every step of the way to make sure that we can get these permits um, and it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much for the kind words. I did get the, um, the notice that, that you did shout me out at the previous meeting and I appreciate that. I also wanted to make uh, make it very clear that this is a, a unit and that we all work together and I would not be able to do what I do without Sonia, Melissa, Richard and his team. So um, it's, it's really a, a, a team effort and I, I appreciate the, the, um, the recognition, thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner Herman. I, I also um, don't know, I have a question. I just wanted to give a shout out to Sonia Ibanez, who's helped me um, as when I was president for our local Little League, put on the, you know, the um, opening day events and she was instrumental in making sure that things ran on time and that we got our permits and we lined up the police and whatever other things we need. Um, it was wonderful and she always came through to make sure that the event actually happened. So I wanted to say thank you very much. You're very welcome. Always happy to help. <laughs> Thank you. Commissioner McCarchick. I kind of actually do have a question this time. It's kind of a two for I have a comment. Um, I just wanted to say, like, um, I really appreciate the um, um, Rocky, your work with the um, block parties. I know my um, on my neighborhood of 30, like on 35th Street, we have block party, try to have annual block parties every year. And like it's it just would not feel the same without them. And so like, I know that is probably, you were probably instrumental in that and just like helping that out. Um, I was curious though, the, um, what's normally the, like the turnaround, um, like the turnaround time for like permits and stuff like that. And like, I guess ratio of if any permits are actually like declined. Um, I was curious about that. Sure. Um, the turnaround time is really hard to gauge what that is. We have a 60 day in advance deadline and up to a year in advance. That is not always adhered to. And so a lot of times we're turning around quickly trying to make an event happen um, and, and putting off ones, you know, that are coming up in a few weeks or months to turn around something quickly, which makes it really hard to kind of gauge the timeline. We obviously issue it as quickly as possible. A lot of times it comes down to the event organizer meeting all of their permit requirements. Um, they you know, have to provide insurance, pay their permit fee, enter into contracts with the fire department or police department, depending on the type of event they're having. So a lot of it comes, you know, it depends on how quickly these organizers get to it. It also honestly depends on our workload. As you saw, you know, we're, we're a very small team and we permit quite a few activities. Um, you know, I wish I had the numbers for how many calls we actually get about events or how many we push to other locations. Um, obviously we want them to happen in Sacramento, but sometimes it's not feasible because of their size or the type of event or a conflict. Um, we deny some. Um, I, I don't have a lot of 
data on that. It's it's not very often that we deny. We usually try to work with them to find another location or date that works. Um, typically, when we do deny, it's because of um, somebody hasn't met their permit requirements. They they aren't able to provide insurance or um, they fail to hire officers or security. Um, so it's very rare that we do deny, but we do occasionally. I would say a handful a year, um, but most of the time we're working with them to relocate them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Commissioner Flores? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, a couple of comments. I, I know in organizing smaller events, I know how much of a milestone getting a permit is in the you know planning stages and because then you can activate the rest of the the vision boarding and what it takes to uh, uh um, to create an event right like it's such a big milestone so like kudos to the team that act that helped it out on your end because it's such a sometimes it's a big relief to just get that permit and then finalize the planning and then i hope i and i i'm guessing this to be true that the team does go out to all the various events like the powwow that i that uh commissioner Gaines spoke about because that's like the end product of all the hard work right of the the smiles and the joy and the food and the the the, the atmosphere so uh you know without your team it, those don't those memories don't happen um uh, melissa i know you were talking about uh digitizing and systematizing a little bit better uh the process and then like uh, like you mentioned like national night out uh is the capabilities or the plan to uh, like create an account, right? Like let's say uh, an association creates an account. So at least all the major, you know, uh, inputs are already there. And then it, then you can just generate like a 2023 event. You know, there's a lot of organizations that have the annualization of their events. So I think, you know, so is this potential digital uh, interface you know, robust enough to like hold some of that information so a person can just go in under the account, met all the requirements or update said requirements uh, to then annualize like their, 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 their events throughout the year, like National Night Out, like a 4th of July, stuff like that. So maybe, uh, you know, you can talk about that a little bit. Sure, I think that's an excellent idea. Honestly, I have not even started the process yet since we are still getting through this busy event season. Um, but what the grant allows me to do is have somebody who's going to come in and write a program. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the City of Festivals grant. Um, the, the city did receive some money and they have a new grant program. And they had somebody who came in and basically wrote their application for them based on their needs. So this same group is going to help me do that. I think that is an excellent idea that I will definitely ask. Um, we currently do that in a sense where we cut and paste their requirements from the, the previous year into an email and send it, and then also just fill in, you know, the, the dates and things on their permits to try to save time. But I think it would um, be a great benefit to the event organizer if they could just go online and basically submit what they did last year, changing the details of the dates um, that way. So I'll, I'll make a note of that and definitely look into that as an option. Thank you. Any other commissioners uh, that would like to comment on this item? Okay, seeing none, I'll give my comment. You said your team is small and obviously it's small, but mighty. So well done, um, team, staff, all of you, amazing job. Um, I uh, represent District 6, so um, I have to give a personal thank you after seeing the numbers and the, the bar charts there. 
Uh, thank you for all, all that you do for District 6. Um, thank you for all that you do for the entire community. And congratulations on putting that application online as opposed to having 30 pages in paper. I'm sure we'll be saving a lot of money in paper and ink. And we can probably even get rid of some file cabinets, I would imagine. So bravo. Well done. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. This is an, an informational item, so no vote is required, and we'll move on to the next item, which is the update um, of the Sacramento City Code relating to boards and commissions generally and oral reports. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, good evening, commissioners. My name is Mindy Cuppy, and I'm your city clerk. Um, and if IT will pull up my presentation, um, I will get started. So for background, last June, the mayor asked that the personnel and public employees uh, committee, PNPE, established oversight, facilitation, and staffing responsibilities for city commissions. So over the past few months, we've put some structural updates in place and continue to move forward with steps to uplift commissions' voices. The first is the foundational municipal code that governs boards and commissions in general. And I think it's important that you understand the underlying code that governs your advisory body. So I will take you through that at a very high level, um, just a brief view on the code. So on August 30th, the City Council approved an update to the City Code Chapter 2.40, which is boards and commissions generally. It's the foundational law governing city boards, commissions, and committees who are appointed by the Mayor or City Council. Um, this code states that it is the intent of the City Council in enacting this chapter to assure that appointees for seats on boards and commissions possess those high ethical standards required of them to properly fulfill their functions, to disclose any conflict of interest that would render applicants and appointees ineffective in the performance of their duties or would jeopardize the interests of the city, to protect applicants and appointees against untrue allegations with respect to their background integrity, and to establish a uniform administrative framework for all city boards and commissions. So as you know, commissioners are appointed from within the community and expected to represent the city as a whole while promoting community and stakeholder input and taking into account all viewpoints. Serving as a commissioner provides a way for residents who have special experience or interest to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on numerous issues. The specific role of most commissions is to review and make recommendations to the city council on matters within its scope of authority and responsibility. This is most commonly achieved by the commission at publicly noticed meetings serving as a venue for public input and participation. So as we continue to uplift commissions to the same expectations, standards, and processes as the city council, I'm excited to be creating what, we, what I believe will be a model commissions program that the other cities will want to emulate. We will be a model of transparency and inclusiveness. Our commissions will be inclusive with a diversity of voices, be transparent. All activities will be open to the public. We'll be encouraging public participation. We'll follow consistent standards such as the Sacramento Sunshine Ordinance and the Brown Act. We'll have clear legislative history of the important work that you do and have a clear and consistent process for commissions to communicate with and advise the council. So I'm gonna step through the provisions of the code um, at a very high level. Um, this is no replacement for reading the code, of course, which is part of your staff report. So appointment procedures, um, you've all been through this, so I think you understand it. All applications, all applicants must submit an application. Um, so typically there, there are appointments from the PNPE committee, a council member or the mayor. Um, concurrence of those appointments are a vote of the full city council. And then city employees are ineligible to serve unless appointed in the capacity of their employment. And then vacancies follow the same initial appointment process. 
Okay, failure to attend meetings. I always think this one is a silly thing to mention, but without a quorum, we can't hold a meeting. So it's important that you do um, attend meetings. And failure to attend a meeting without minimum of four hours advance notice of your absence to the city clerk is considered an unexcused absence. And three consecutive um, unexcused absences from regular meeting um, is deemed cause for removal of a commissioner. So terms, there's no change to your commission on this. So terms are standardized. They're all four years now um, and a maximum of two-year terms. There are a few exceptions. For instance, the youth commission has two-year terms um, because typically folks age out. And then a limitation on consecutive number of terms. So no person shall serve more than two terms. So removal of members. So each member shall comply with the laws or regular, reg, reg, excuse me, laws or requirements related to the member's office, um, including and but not limited to um, doing an oath of office, providing a statement of economic interest, and then completing your annual training. And again, failure of a commissioner to comply is deemed good cause for removal from office. So meetings generally, so all meetings of a, a city commission will be noticed. Meetings will be conducted in accordance with the council rules of procedure. And if a quorum is not established within 15 minutes of the meeting notice start time, the meeting will be canceled. And of course, um, as needed, we can call special meetings um, if it's necessary to conduct business of the commission. So one big difference is that city boards and commissions may not establish ad hoc committees. However, they can establish subcommittees on approval uh, by the full city council. Um, council has also identified that if you have existing ad hocs, they may continue to meet until the end of this year to wrap up any projects. So chairperson, so as you know, you have a chair and a vice chair, um, and those rotate annually, typically in January. And so chairpersons may not serve more than um, two years. And then staffing and, is, and review, the city clerk shall act as your secretary. The city attorney shall be your legal counsel. And then I'm required every five years to report to the city council on the status of all boards and commissions. So in summary, I believe we've done a lot to uplift commission's voices. However, there's much to do. So over the past year, we've ensured that all commissions follow the same high standards as the city council for agendas, meeting facilitation, legislative history. They mirror the city, mirror city council standards and processes. We've created a recruitment video, a commissioner handbook, commissioner onboarding and orientation program, and meeting facilitation guide for chairpersons. However, there's still much to do in order to continue to uplift commission's voices and ensure inclusivity. So we will bring an update of the council rules of procedure to the city council this fall. Um, and among other things, that uh, council rules of procedure will outline a standard and consistent process for commissions to report to the council, including accomplishments, recommendations, and upcoming year objectives. We're gonna continue ongoing training for commissions and department staff, and we'd like to expand recruitment for all commissions with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Um, one of the next um, training objectives is the uh, training on the Brown Act. So I'd like to sh share a brief video highlighting our commissions program, and then it will be available for questions regarding the city code. Serving as a council appointee to a city of Sacramento commission is both an awesome opportunity and a significant commitment. The following information will give new appointees and potential applicants an overview of the position's roles and responsibilities. The City of Sacramento utilizes more than 25 commissions to promote community and stakeholder input. Most serve in an advisory capacity to the City Council, 
However, a few are quasi-judicial, complaint reviews, or appeals boards. Serving as a council appointee provides a way for residents who have special experience or interests to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on a wide variety of issues. As an appointee, you interact creatively as a link between the city council and citizens of all ages, interests, and backgrounds. You represent the city as a whole and will help facilitate active and inclusive input, ensuring that all voices are incorporated into any recommendation made to the city council. To effectively participate, appointees often have lengthy reports to review in order to prepare effectively for public meetings. Attendance at meetings is essential. The Ralph M. Brown Act, California's open meeting law, and the City of Sacramento's Sunshine Ordinance have requirements to ensure that all city councils, boards, commissions, and committees are inclusive, transparent, and encourage public participation. Agendas must be posted to clearly communicate what the commission will be discussing and how the public can be part of that conversation. The order and conduct of business of council-established commissions are also governed by the City of Sacramento Council Rules of Procedure. It is critical that appointees only discuss items under their purview at an open and public meeting and avoid discussions outside the public forum. A meeting could be any gathering of a majority of appointees to discuss items under their jurisdiction, and discussions in non-public formats, such as email, phone, or text message, must be avoided. To ensure transparency and a high level of service, appointees have educational requirements such as ethics and sexual harassment training. Appointees may also have reporting requirements such as filing of a statement of economic interests, FPPC Form 700, upon appointment, annually, and when leaving. We appreciate your interest in the City of Sacramento Board, Commission, and Committee Program, an opportunity for citizens to ensure transparent, open, and inclusive participation in the City's decision-making process. Please visit our website for appointee resources and information on applying to serve. Commissions.CityOfSacramento.org Clerk at CityOfSacramento.org 916-808-7200。So that concludes my presentation. I would just want to say thank you for allowing me to present this evening, and I'm available for any questions you might have. Wonderful, thank you. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. We currently have no members of the public with their hands raised. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Flores. Hi, Mindy, how are you? Um, in this process, I know it's been about a good solid year or so. What kind of feedback that when you started this journey to get to where we're at now, that like, whoa, that was mind blowing and now we incorporated it. Um, are you uh, are you asking feedback that I've received from commissioners? Um, Correct. So I, think I, mean, you, I know you sent lots of emails and feedback throughout this journey. So, like any particular like best practice from uh, the entirety of the commissioners and public that ended up incorporated into some of these policies that have now been enacted. 
Absolutely. So I think some of the biggest changes we've we've made is really consistency across city council, standing committees, boards, commissions, and committees. So as you may see, um, your agendas now all look the same as the city council agendas. Um, the process for making public comments is the same. Um, the process for e-comments is the same. Your legislative history, your minutes coming back to you are on a consistent basis. Um, we've taken on stipends, so those are now uh, being processed by my office. They were done um, kind of decentralized before. They were done by each department. So um, having those boards, commissions, and committees all be a consistent practice really helps for members of the public to be able to participate in all of our meetings because they know the cadence of a meeting. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Do I have any other commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Seeing none, I would like to ask uh, my question, which is regarding stipends. How are those, uh, what's the, uh, how often are those processed? That's what I'm trying to say. So they're processed on a quarterly basis. Okay, thank you so much. Of course. I don't, go ahead. Okay, I don't see any other hands raised. So I will say that this item is received and filed, so no vote is required. And we'll move on to the next item. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vice Chair. The next item is Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Director's Report. Review highlights for Vice Chair Vasquez. This is where I need to take back over because I had updated my script and <laughs> not yours. Uh, right now is where we will loop back to items two and three, and I'll ask Raymond to take them in whichever order and works best for him. Go ahead, Raymond. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you, good evening, commissioners. I am gonna just talk briefly over our volunteer recognition awards. I know we have some new some new commissioners and then also just to, to kind of dust it off um, and you know stress the importance. It's one of those things that we historically have done on a quarterly basis. Um, you know, with COVID and some other circumstances, me transitioning into this, just, you know, making sure that didn't fall off the radar. Um, so I definitely want to apologize for that, but we're going to make all of this, you know, right and making sure that we are able to acknowledge those who have been, who have volunteered throughout this year and made everything we do, you guys do in the community as well, uh, just possible. Um, so basically just going to go high level overview and kind of what the game plan is to finish, to finish out and get these awards uh, out to those individuals who who are deserving. One of the commissioner or the commission's powers and duties is to encourage individuals, businesses, and community groups to contribute funds, property, and volunteer services for the department uh, and operation for the park and recreation facilities and programs. The commission has established this program and process to accept and consider nominations for the volunteer recognition award. As part of the volunteer recognition program, these awards are intended to acknowledge the outstanding achievements of individuals, groups, organizations, and businesses that have made effort to benefit the community by assisting the city of Sacramento in providing exceptional parks and recreational facilities and programs. So basically just how it works, you guys can nominate. Um, I just wanna share my screen so I could just go over the form really quick. Um, I think I sent you guys all an email. You should have all received an email. Um, with the information uh, needed or the, the, the link um, for this form. So when you when you have the link there, it has this form. Generally, like I said, we do this on a quarterly basis. So we outline 
you know, take these categories by category, youth, community, community enrichment, and parks. But since we are doing this just one time, we are going to recognize all three of these at the same time. So just wanted you to see what that form looks like. Um, it, you, you check one of the boxes, um, identify if it's a committee group, individual, you put that information on here. Basically, we are going to be accepting, and this is what I wanted to bring up at the meeting, we are going to be accepting all um, applications, submissions uh, for any of the recognitions through Friday. November 4th, we're using that date as as the cutoff. So everything will be in the system up and until that day, till, till the November 4th cutoff, then what I will do is get IT to get all that information over to me, I will deduct personal information, obviously, phone numbers, and all of that, all of that stuff. And then I will basically submit these packages to each and every one of you, you know, for the various districts. And then with your review, um, the goal is, hey, November November 4th, the cutoff, I'll get you this information or get the information to you all for review. In our December meeting, we'll be able to nominate as a group um, those nominees that we want to receive the recognition. We'll vote on that at that time. And the goal will be in person in January. We are hoping that everyone could be together. There's a lot of value in being able to receive an award and it'd be nice to be in council chambers together to do that in person. And so that's basically overall the plan. It's just important, you know, that we keep keep in mind for the eligibility. Nominees must be current and former resident of a group, organization, or businesses that have been operating within city of Sacramento over the last two years. The volunteer effort must be significant. Uh, devotion of time or resources, which deserves recognition uh, due to the benefit of the community or residents of Sacramento. And then current city employees, commission members, mayor and council members are not eligible for the award. <clears throat> Retirees and prior commission and elected officials are eligible. A person may not nominate his or herself, their spouse or a member of their immediate family. Um, and then again, I know some of you don't represent a certain district, you're at large. That doesn't mean you can't submit a, a nomination or speak with your peers to say, hey, is there this person helped me make, I think they're in your district and we can make sure that we just wanna make sure that everyone has a chance to be recognized. Another tool that I'm gonna be giving out to you guys is the history. I just want everyone to be able to see like, wait a second, did this person get nominated or not? Because again, we do do this on a quarterly basis normally. We are not doing that this way this time. So we are just doing the one awards. So I just wanna make sure you guys all have the information at the ready. And then just a reminder, not only, you know, will they get the reward uh, or the award, but, you know, we have our Parks and Community Enrichment Commission Volunteer Recognition page, um, you know, with their consent, we try to put those volunteers who have, you know, got awards in the past, we write a little blurb on them, we shout them out in our social media pages, you know, our Instagram, our Facebook, our, our division managers also have a book that they talk about some of the things going on with YPSI that we give out, I think a couple times a year. And so just kind of wanted to, this is a nice way. And so I just wanted to say thank you one for working with me as I transition into this and we're getting this back on the radar. I think it's gonna be great. And I think, you know, the chair and vice chair meeting with them, um, you know, the big sentiment was that this would be great if we can give awards in person. So that would, that's our goal. Um, again, those deadlines will be November 4th. Um, to get all your submissions in, and then I will get all of the information over to the various individuals for the, for your review. And then 
from there we can go about nominating and then hopefully having a nice recognition in person. Some of the things I also want to outline is just we've already talked, you know, met with the director this week just to talk about safety as well. I know some of that is, is a concern as we kind of move back into the in-person meetings. So I just wanted everyone to understand that we have already, you know, raised that issue. I think they're working on it as they're kind of working through this hybrid and back in, in chambers. Um, and basically that is, that is the end of the presentation. So thank you. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any anyone from the audience that wishes to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. We have no members of the public with their hands raised. All right. Commissioners, anybody, any of you? Vice Chair Vasquez. Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Raymond, for putting this together and for that uh, great email with all of the information and all the parameters that we needed to know um, who to nominate. So I would say um, I would encourage every commissioner to nominate um, a nonprofit or a business or an individual or a group uh, that has helped you and um, made sure that their park space or their community is greener or cleaner or more fun or what, however they have been contributing. And as 916 Day is uh, still fresh in our minds, we ha should have a lot of candidates there for people who rose to the occasion and we're coming together to volunteer. So you don't have to nominate just one. You can nominate more than one. Um, you don't have to pick which one, um, you know, did a better job. If you had a handful, please nominate a handful. And if anyone uh, just really can't think of anyone, I went to a lot of events this year and I can recommend some amazing superstars to you. Yeah. Thank you, Vice Chair Vasquez. Uh, Commissioner Guerrero. Yes, I'm glad to see that the program's coming back. Um, we have a lot of commissioners that are going to be ending their term at the end of this year. So, you know, with the nomination and having the confirmation in December, is it possible to have uh, just an awards meeting at the end of December, maybe the last two weeks or something, in which we can uh, take care of it, wrap it up this year instead of uh, going into next year? Thank you. Thank you for that feedback. That is definitely something we want to make sure that everyone that's here and sitting in these seats, you know, gets to be involved for sure. And um, the issue with that, uh, Commissioner Guerrero, is that in January we'll be able to be in person. We think in December we won't. And so we wanted to be able to do it in person. But I don't, I don't think there would, anyone would have any issue if, uh, if, I mean, first of all, you, anybody would only be necessarily off the commission if they had been actively replaced by that point. Um, so uh, you and whomever else may still be the commissioner. Um, the, and then the other issue is that, or not issue, but I don't, I would, I would hope, <laughs> I guess it's not tech necessarily up to me, but I would hope that if anyone who was off the commission would be uh, both welcome, encouraged and expected to still you know, be there and um, participate in presenting that award to the person or people they nominated and um, wanted to see out there. Commissioner Flores. Can I ask you a yeah. question about the, uh, the in-person? So mm -hmm. it's been said that we're going to meet in person in January. Is that, or are we hoping? It's, it, it, um, is, is Mindy still here? Maybe she can put it in. <laughs> better, more specific terms than I could. But from my understanding, essentially that's what's being planned for, though it's not set in stone yet. 
Thank you, Chair. This is Hong with the clerk's office. Unfortunately, Mindy is no longer here. Um, but um, that's exactly true. It's not set in stone yet. Um, but as I think we've mentioned via email, um, once that date is determined, we will give at least a one month's notice to all our boards and commissions. It'll come around Thanksgiving and we'll all be thankful. Um, <laughs> Commissioner Flores. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, just a quick comment. Thank you, Raymond, for encapsulating the essence of the history of this program. I know COVID put a, you know, froze a lot of this stuff. And then to uh, hopefully we're on the pathway to thaw it back out. And you're, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, the value of being safe and in person is, you know, you know, a, a, a volunteer coming in to City Hall. It's a big deal. So uh, doing it via Zoom, not to say it's not a big deal, but we, we recognize the, the, the value of in-person and whenever that may be uh, early next year. Uh, yeah, and so thank you for keeping the history of it as a person who was there day one. Uh, it was a perfect, no notes, perfect. Thank you. All right, Any, anything further before we move along? Going once, going twice, all right. Uh, Raymond, are you taking us to uh, the item three now? Uh, Raymond Constantino is oh. going to, he, they have this staff presentation for All the right. next item. It's a Raymond party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good evening, commissioners. Our next item is um, going to be an overview of the um, North Lake Master Park Master Plan for three uh, parks in the North Lake community, which is um, in Council District 1 in the north uh, west corner. And I have um, the project um, uh, proponent, which is uh, um, John Nichols, who is, uh, I believe he's here, who's gonna do the presentation. He's part of the development team. Well, I'm gonna ask, Ray, is, uh, is John here? I, I do not see him. As a panelist now, and I also in the waiting area, I do not see uh, John on as well, unless he goes by, you know, unless he has something else. Um, I do not see his name in the in the attendees. Well, I am gonna ask if anyone else is from well, Wood Rogers who would like to uh, maybe kind of speak up and do this presentation. This is a development led project and so it's not staff led. Ray, is there any way for anyone from the from the audience in, in general to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with Wood, Wood Rogers or no? We have, we, or the clerk, we have someone with the hand raise. If you can state the name, maybe Raymond will know if that person is from his group. Yes, we currently have a hand raise, um, a Catherine Kim. I believe that is the person. Okay, um, I can confirm. I'll give her the ability to speak. Catherine? I've given you the ability to speak. Are you with Wood Rogers? 
I am, yes, thank you. Um, I guess I signed in under public rather than panelist, so I apologize for that. Um, well, Catherine, I'll hand it over to you to do the presentation on the park master plans for um, North Lake. And Catherine, I've made you a panelist. Catherine, are you there? Sorry, I apologize. I was muted again. Can you okay. hear me now? Just, yes, and just one thing I wanted to ask is at some point during your presentation, if you could also just show where this development is at in Sacramento so the park commissioners have a better understanding of its orientation in the city. Of course, of course. Um, so right now, what I'm showing is just the overall um, phase two uh, approved tentative map um, for the North Lake development. And um, you can see there's three neighborhood parks that we have as part of, our, of the phase two development that we're currently um, gonna be discussing today. And um, I'll just hop right into it. Um, this first one, um, we're proposing the name of Sunhaven Park, and um, it's located just on a parcel um, just north of what's going to be a K-8 school. Um, and the idea behind um, this park is with it being so close to the school, we wanted to kind of keep it a little bit more of an active play type park for um, kids, both of younger age and teenage um, as well. So we have, you know, open turf recreation areas, but we also have uh, an area set aside for um, play equipment and gathering space um, with shade uh, structure and barbecues and picnic tables as well. Um, because to going back to this plan real quick, um, there's actually um, multiple multifamily residential um, lots within this, uh, the, you know, a block of the park. So we wanted to make sure those um, amenities were available for that as well. Um, and we do also show kind of a multi-sport court here um, off to the side as well. We wanted to make sure we uh, included something active for kids of, you know, teenage years to be able to be a part of. Um, and that was also um, a thought process too, because the school, even though it's just to the south, it won't have direct access to the site. Um, so um, there will be a fence between the school and the park itself on this on this guy. Um, the uh, a second park here that we have, um, proposing the name of Lakeview Park. It's the northernmost park um, um, in the phase two project uh, and uh, just on the opposite side of Sun Harbor Circle here is actually a proposed multifamily residential lot. 
and then uh, right here next to it we have not only the a drainage basin um, but we also have a um, future park and ride that'll be coming um, online uh, along with the development of a light rail corridor in this development so the idea for this park um, we wanted to make sure that we had amenities for people to utilize it now but our thought was uh, this could be a little bit more of an urban, uh, urban kind of plaza setting rather than just a traditional play. Um, we still have spots for play equipment, but we're looking to do something that maybe has a more sculptural element to it. Um, and this could be used more for like uh, the community gathering spaces and events. Um, and of course, with it being right next to the basin here, we wanted to provide also um, kind of picnic areas that can provide uh, water water views and kind of utilize um, the, the unique location of this spot. So, and then uh, our third park here um, is more further south in the phase two development. And um, because this is further south in the phase two development and sits a little bit further away from the school and the multifamily uh, lots. And it's also uh, a fair distance away from the newly installed uh, neighborhood park and community parks on the phase one of the development. We wanted to very much bring in active elements into this park. And so we're um, proposing this be called Lakeshore Park. And one of the reasons is we wanted to provide um, and access to the path that goes around um, the basin. That way, if someone wants to get out, come to this park, you know, maybe while their kids are playing soccer or they're having a family picnic, people can get down onto that trail and walk around the, the basin and kind of interact with the rest of the community that way. Um, just another addition to make, create a pedestrian access to this park. And then as far as the programming goes, we wanted to focus on a larger recreational turf area, but then also provide um, possible pickleball courts as well. And a, um, you know, a, a decomposed granite area that's meant for um, games such as cornhole or ping pong or, you know, that kind of fun stuff that people um, really like to gather and, um, just enjoy it on the weekends. Um, and then we also wanted to inclu include a larger all-age play area. Um, again, so that way there's something for people of all ages. Um, and then m similar to the previous park, we wanted to also just utilize this nice lake view. And so we have um, sh shade picnic shade shelters with picnic uh, um, tables and barbecues. Um, here as well so and all, all three of these parks we um worked with uh uh you know jeff nicka and jason wiseman and kind of the um district one team just to um kind of discuss what program elements are needed for the area and kind of um also what they were seeing as has been most requested um as well um let me give me a moment here and I'll pull up a quick uh, Google Maps 
Um, Great. And while you do that, Catherine, I'll just kind of um, kind of recap for the commissioners. So this is an unbuilt residential community, right? Has um, it's, it's a new development. And these are three neighborhood parks. It looks like they're all three are under um, or about two acres each. And then um, two of the parks have sports courts in them. <clears throat> and, uh, and then the last thing I, I wanna mention is that this is the phase two of the development that's being proposed. Phase one um, included a large community park um, as well as a, a smaller a neighborhood park. Uh, which in both of those uh, have, have recently um, uh, been completed as far as construction. Yeah, that is correct. Actually, I think the, the community park it just within the past week or two has finalized all their permits. So they're officially in the, the maintenance phase. Um, and so that'll be opening it up here soon. But um, just to give a better idea, I'll, I'll zoom out a little bit. You know, we have... I-5 North here, and then um, as you pass uh, Del Paso, you know, 99 splits continues north, and then five For some reason, we're not seeing it on our screen. Oh, okay. Let me uh, stop sharing and then reshare. Okay. Probably kept it just to the, the one window, so... Okay, does, can you guys see the Google map now? Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, so like I mentioned, uh, the North Lake development, it's essentially right here where 99 and I-5 split off. And so it's, you know, very much North and then North Thomas and then to the um, West as well. The main entry for the development is off of Elkhorn Boulevard here. Um, you can see Eventide Park, uh, that was our first neighborhood park, um, that's a part of the phase one development um, that's been installed and is uh, built now, and then our community park is actually located um, over in this area right here, and is just finished construction and is in maintenance period right now, and the three that uh, parks that we're talking to are going to be um, down on the south area here where there's there's nothing built yet <laughs> excuse me <coughs> so that's kind of the the overall area of where it's located there in sacramento ray i believe you're muted if you're trying to chat Oh, I was just saying um, thank you for that clarification. And um, if you're done with your presentation, if you can maybe toggle back to uh, some of the concept plans and just and open it up for comments. All right, thank you. While you're doing, <clears throat> while y'all are doing that, I will ask if we have anybody from the public who wishes to speak on this item. Thank you, we have no hands raised. All right, do we have any commissioners? Vice Chair Vasquez. Thank you, thank you Wood Rogers and thank you Raymond. Um, 
what creative looking shapes of parks. I'm liking seeing this uh, unique shape. I'm liking uh, seeing the inclusive elements. Um, I'm a little curious when we look at the, I believe it's the Horseshoe Park that has the access with the pickleball courts to the trail. I feel like I'm seeing stairs there. Is there also like accessible access to get to that trail that's not stairs? Yes, there is. It's a little hidden by the tree here, but we do have that um, pathway indicated. Um, right now, this is just at the kind of conceptual phase. So this might end up having to do a zigzag depending on how the grade ends up working out. But we do, we have accounted for the fact that we need a um, uh, either just an accessible path or possibly even a ramp situation there just to make sure that everyone can get down to the, the lakeside. Great, and then is the lakeside concrete? Uh, it is actually, it's concrete with um, D two, uh, two foot DG shoulders, I believe. Um, yeah, and they're, I can't remember the width of it at the top, off the top of my head, but I think it ends up being about eight feet in width or eight to 10 feet in width total, so. Great, thank you. And then you said that you had um, spoken with Parks about what is like a commonly requested amenity. Was there any community engagement as well? Um, because this is a newer, a new, well, non-existent development and, and the, and the community that's to the north part of phase one, there have been a handful of people, uh, moved in there, but, um, I kind of, uh, reached out mainly with the parks department and kind of, uh, to discuss what have been some common requested items for the other, um, parks located there to the east of 99 and north of Thomas and what items can be incorporated in. And one of the biggest ones actually was like a pickleball court and then just kind of some bitch note areas for people to kind of be able to walk and gather at and just kind of, a, I was, we found like a, a loop system of some sort where someone can kind of just make some laps if they wish to. Um, and also on this park in, in particular, we wanted to make sure we added that sport, a multi, um, use sports court. That way we can try and get um, a, an activity that older kids can enjoy as well. Because a lot of times parks tend to be a, a, a little bit of a younger <laughs> parents with younger children. And we're making, we're trying to incorporate something that hopefully teenagers would be involved in as well. So. And the, uh, um, Commissioner Vasquez, I just want to add that. Um, so our standard is when we have a new community that's unbuilt will work with the developer and with the council office to get um, community input and, and guidance. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Job well done. Commissioner Guerrero. Yes, hi. Um, in your presentation, you mentioned something about Parker Ride and you also mentioned uh, light rail. Can you show on the map where you're expecting this light rail to be? Yeah, so... Um, Coming back to um, this overall, uh, of course, this is the phase two tentative map. Right now, um, there is an easement. Um, one, the Meister Way, the road itself, is th there's going to be an overpass, a future overcrossing um, to connect both sides um, 
there. I actually, I think they're working on that now, um, but I'm not not too familiar with that. But there's also just to the south of Meister Way between Meister and um, the housing lots, there is an easement there for um, a right light rail corridor for hopefully future connections to the airport. And this wider spot here that you see is actually, that would be where the light rail station would be, um, is planned for. And right now this is that park and uh, there's right here, right next door is the park and ride that would service that light rail corridor, so. Okay, so the, so the light rail that goes over that bridge um, to, the, to the east, where, where is, how does that connect? What does that connect? There is no light rail there now. There isn't. Yeah, this, like I said, it's just an easement right now. And uh, it's for it for future development of the right rail corridor once it reaches this spot. So. Okay, so you don't know how, how it's arriving to that point. When you design this. I think that might not be quite uh quite part of this parks and community enrichment meeting. The light future light rail, if and when it sometime, someday goes to the airport. Well, it was uh, considered in the design of the park and you have a partner right there. It's just a simple question. If you don't want to answer it, that's fine. Um, and I can no, try it here. Uh, so the, what, what staff's requesting tonight, and I know you want to have a better sense of the larger project, is um, support of the approval of the two mar park master plan, excuse me, the three park master plans and then the names. Um, but with that, uh, Catherine, if you have more detail, go ahead and share it. Yeah, I, I do know that on the um, east side of 99, there's like most, a lot of the area over through Trexel, there is a dedicated um, easement for light rail corridor. And so this was just a continuation of those, you know, of easement dedication for that future improvement. I I can't speak to when it's going to happen, but in our master plan process, we like to consider what the ultimate, you know, 10 years, five years, 20 years, who knows, but we would like to take in consideration what this will ultimately be utilized as. And so that's kind of why we wanted to go with a, um, a little bit more of an urban plaza feel on this park just because there is you know the park and ride here and and uh, also a multi-family um residential uh lot here and so we just thought this would be a great way place for community to gather whether people are waiting to catch the light rail or if they wanted to kind of have a community night out here it's just we wanted to kind of give them that option so Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, these outside projects are influencing the design of parks. Not everybody sees that, but living in the Tomas um, and you know all these areas are being developed. It's nice to see you get a kind of a bigger picture as to how this how these parks are being designed and what's being considered by the city. I appreciate that. Thank you, Commissioner mm -hmm. Flores. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, before we do vote in a few minutes, uh, maybe you can help me out. Considering that this this neighborhood's still in development, um, then then and the names of these parks is there. What is the according to the naming policy like the historical and or future street names 
uh, of these three names that are being presented tonight. I, I know it's like a little nebulous for this specific case um, and doesn't probably couldn't capture historical neighbors, right? It's since there's no neighbors currently, you know, so uh, maybe you can help me out on that before we vote. So I'll tell you this, um, usually when we work with um, master plan developers, they'll propose um, names that are part of the theme of the development, similar to what's being proposed tonight in the three names that are put forward. And then later when the, the community basically um, uh, gets populated and people move in, there's always the opportunity for residents once they have a little bit more engagement with the park and have more ownership of the park, that if they'd like, they can um, you know, reach out to the parks or Yipsy and, 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 and work with us to, to see if they wanna rename the park, something more specific to the neighborhood or something that's connected to the, related to the community or a particular person in the area, right? So, um, and so that's always an, an option that you know, has happened in the past, but these are kind of general names that are more related to the theme of the development. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is this is a very specific case uh, and mindful of potential future names that meet, you know, stand, uh, standards that we we like to hold dear to us. And then, uh, Chair, um, uh, you know, a comment to you. I know we usually defer to the to the commissioner of the district, and she's not here today, so uh, I don't know who would make the first motion. Maybe between you and or the vice chair. Thank you. Uh, I think Commissioner McCarchick wants to make the first motion. I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, I, I, my, mine was, mine was mainly like I, 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 I hear a motion. I, I'm. <laughs> um, um, so I just, I was curious. Just as this, this is still like questioning wise, um, I was curious if there's any like s proposed timeline for this. Like, I know like this is obviously very much in the the development phase. Um. But like when it, like is there any idea of when we'll like see the physical parks and with it with it all like combine like with it with everything? Yeah, um, the the development is currently in construction. Um, you know, the surrounding phase two, I should say, is currently in construction. They're doing all the kind of backbone infrastructure plans right now. I can tell you right now, um, the developer, he, he actually just asked me in a meeting earlier today. He's like, so you can have the, the meeting tonight, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, great. When you can submit the plans for permit? And I'm like, I'll let you know. <laughs> so it, it's definitely happening essentially now. It, as soon as you guys are, are you know, good with if you guys approve these names and concepts, um, I think the turnkey agreement is kind of the last little item that kind of needs to get um ironed out a little bit and then we're going to be moving into kind of the you know the design development construction documents and permitting so it's it's moving right, right along here in the next you know two years you're going to go out into that into the north lake development and see you know five new parks that have been established in the last you know three years or so so very exciting and i just kind of wanted to also thank you for kind of that like you were saying that kind of you're trying to focus on um, things that older kids uh, would benefit from. And I think that's definitely a valid thing because as much as I think the point of that, it's normal, normally parks are geared towards um, young, kind of young families. And I appreciate as, as an older kind of teen myself, um, the parks I think are a fun time. And if there's a little bit more kind of thought for us, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and I think the, um, teens in that community will appreciate that as well. Um, 
So, so is that a motion, Commissioner McCarthy? Let's, let's make a motion. I motion that we um, we vote on this topic. Um, yeah, I want to say I don't know what the specific motion is. I think it's a vote and approve. And so okay, and, and I hear a motion from Commissioner McCarthy. You know, yes, you I don't motion. have to worry about the details okay. beyond that. <laughs> this is Commissioner Good. I I second. All right, thank you. We have a motion and a second. Uh, Madam Clerk, would you like to call the roll? Thank you, commissioners. Please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Commissioner Gaines? Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Aye. Commissioner Guerrero? Yes. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Commissioner Kangas? appears to be absent. Commissioner Klutzman? Yes. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Commissioner Rekarczyk? Aye. Comm Vice Chair Vasquez? Aye. Chair Lavelle? Aye. Thank you, Commissioner. Meta is also absent. Motion passes. All right. Thank you very much, and we will now move on to item number six, uh, Assistant City Manager, uh, Laura, please take it away. Good evening, Chair Lavelle and members of the commission. Uh, before I turn it all over to Assistant Director Shannon Brown and Division Managers to provide highlights, I will mention a couple of quick things. Uh, just some stats that I typically provide at this time. In the last month, there were 36 new hires, two rehires, and five promotions. And that doesn't include over 40 um, youth uh, participants in the LNL program that were processed within the last, uh, last weekend, I believe. Uh, we processed over 40 um, young folks to participate in that program who actually get hired on in, into the department when they participate into that program to create their, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a work program, right? So it creates their, their something for them to put on their resume as their first job experience. So very excited about that. I will also mention that we recently had our um, uh, quarterly department-wide meeting, which was well attended at our employee recognition, quarterly employee recognition. Um, yeah, we had gone, uh, it's not quite on a quarterly basis. Summer uh, gets rather busy, so it's kind of a late, um, recognition event, but it was extremely well attended. Uh, there were uh, seating for a hundred and uh, we had to put up additional tables. So there were over a hundred folks in, in, in attendance, a uh, lot of um, good chair and, and celebration of the hard work that staff did. It was a good end to our summer um, uh, season, I believe. And um, we were able to recognize the hard work of staff uh, and everyone um, had a good, great time there. I will also mention that tonight will be the last meeting that I attend uh, as the interim director of YPSI. Um, shortly, there will be an announcement as to the new director who will be taking over uh, the department. Uh, it is not made public yet, but as soon as it is, I will make sure that the commission is aware uh, of that announcement. But I do want to say publicly that, um, you know, I want to thank the executive team of YPSI, obviously, that uh, has been very supportive uh, during my tenure as the department uh, head. And I want to thank the commission as well for your collaboration 
your high level of engagement and uh, just thank you for your service uh, to the community as well as to the department. It's been a pleasure serving. And with that, I'll turn it over to Assistant Director Shannon Brown, who will uh, kick us off with the highlights for each of the divisions. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. Good evening, commissioners. I will give you a, a brief overview of um, some of the Ranger activities for September of 2022. This staff responded to approximately 260 calls for service. Unfortunately, the data collector was down for a few days, so we don't believe we've um, received an accurate number. We're working with our IT department to get a more accurate update. Um, as compared to 2021, there were 423 calls for service. Out of those um, in 2022 for September, there were four arrests. In 21, there was one arrest. Staff issued 22 citations in 2022. Compared to 2021, there were a total of 12. As we did listen to highlights of the special events team, the park ranger division also helps support many permits and special events through their um, safety efforts. This, or in September, they supported a total of 11 events, which equated to about 37 hours of customer service. And also we have two assistant park rangers and from January to September of this year, they have posted 2,622 park permits. That's a staff of two. Typically, most of the events are on the weekends. So they are up bright and early, assuring that everybody's space is secured and making sure if there's any issues or, you know, that they um, are there to help. So, you know, I just want to give them kudos as well as the special event team processing all those picnic permits. So thank you to, to everybody. It does definitely take a team. Um, one other highlight that I would like to let the commissioners know about in September, our Ranger Dobbs, um, Andrew Ling and Jordan Kaysen were on a call at Miller Park. After finishing the call, they observed a couple subjects drinking alcohol in a tent. They made contact with the subjects and at this time an 80 pound pit bull mixed dog burst out of the tent and bit Ranger Dobbs in the arm. After the bite, the dog released. Ranger Kaysen and Ng re rendered immediate first aid to Dobbs, stabilizing his injuries until advanced medical aid could arrive. I have an update on Dobbs. He is doing fine. And actually today he had his stitches removed, but that just shows a core demonstration of teamwork and effort and want to just um, take a moment to recognize um, the staff for their, for their quick thinking and um, really teamwork on that day. And that's what I have for Ranger updates. I would like to hand it over to Raymond Constantino for his updates. Thank you. Thanks, Shannon. And then um, good evening, commissioners. So um, I just want to say that tonight I'll just do something a little different. Um, earlier this week, as Mario mentioned, GFC held its quarterly staff appreciation event. And I just want to highlight staff that have shown excellence in the quality parkland and recreation facilities category, which is one of the, one of the categories um, for receiving recognition. 
and my recognitions emphasize collaborative team efforts. And so I have three that I wanna share with you tonight. First, I wanna recognize um, landscape architects, Tinwa Wong and Jason Weissman, who worked on delivering the Tanzanite Park Futsal Court facility in Council District 1. This is a recently installed double futsal court um, at Tanzanite Park in North Natomas near the I-80 and Truxel interchange. This project was initiated by Council Office One and a spirited, including a spirited group of young people who wanted to have a futsal facility in their neighborhood and they advocated for this project. The futsal facility had to be completed under a very, very tight deadline and Tinwa and Jason were able to ensure the timely completion and excellent construction of this fun community amenity. The project was delivered um, in May of 2022. I also wanna recognize um, or share the recognition of junior landscape architect, Levi Reinerson, um, as well as associate landscape, landscape architect, Jeff Nitka, as well as Gabby Miller, our YIPC PIO, and um, someone from outside the department, Greg Garcia, who's in the community engagement, engagement division of economic development. And they, um, and I wanna thank them for their group collaboration on community outreach for Mama Mart's Park Waiting Pool and Splash Pad Conversion Project. I know I talk about this Mama Mart's Splash Pad project a lot, but this one is really exciting. And these folks are, are the ones who are making it happen. And so community engagement is never a straightforward proposal. On this project, Levi, Jeff, Gabby, and Greg worked collaboratively, strategized how to obtain and receive community input on this capital improvement project in North Sacramento Council District 2. The outreach focused on a survey monkey survey that was disseminated to the community online, uh, well, uh, as well as several events. Staff offered the community survey materials in three languages, including English, Spanish, and Hmong. And Greg uh, Garcia on the community engagement side actually went out into the neighborhood and engaged community members at different community events. There's a strong focus on getting input from area youth. The end results delivered over 140 community responses to help uh, receive um, uh, comment and guide the Mama Mart splash pad design. This project will be delivered in summer of 2023. And then my last um, recognition that um, I wanted to share is um, is for the is is in fact uh, one that uh, is a, another team that is helping us out right now, and that's the um, support services division. And so for the past couple of months, Park Planning and Development Services, PPDS for short, has been um, short staffed on the accounting side. PPDS is recognizing several members of the support services team, including Sonia Jarvis, Sylvia Lopez, Mandy Luvano, and Charles Haldridge for pitching in and providing critical essential accounting support for PPDS while we were down uh, three staff members. These four staff members um, have helped PPDS stay afloat, pay invoices, process payments, and other essential accounting work, and in doing so, help deliver quality parks and CIP projects to the Sacramento community at large. Without their essential services, park development at the city would have come to a halt. So I'm very extremely, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And, um, and although we're not yet done with our recruitment and kind of filling those positions, for the time being, PPDS wants to show our appreciation for those to those four individuals. And so with that, I just wanted to share um, just kind of be behind the scenes of staff recognitions on three um, well, uh, just three very well um, worth uh, collaborative efforts. And that's it, thank you. And I'll pass it on to Monica. 
Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, and members of the Commission. Like Raymond, I also would like to publicly recognize staff from the Youth Division who are doing exceptional work. Um, so I'd publicly like to congratulate the following. Kathy Ho and Carly Lewitz from 4th R, who are being recognized for their commitment to creating fun and enjoyable environments that both TK and kindergartners thrive in and parents love and appreciate. Uh, congratulations to Bob Kerr, who's being rec recognized for excellence and leadership at the 28th and Beastgate and Urban Art Park by really stepping up to help during a time where we're experiencing critical staffing shortages. To Yur Lee, Abida Safi, Jamisha Sims, and Moro Solis Rodriguez, who are being recognized for converting primetime team back to an in-person program. And they prepared over 110 young people for the workforce and supported several youth-led community service projects this summer. To Angelia Manuel, David Gaines, Rhonda Patterson, Ken McCullough, and Kevin Calhoun, who are being recognized for collaboration and for building strong bridges between the youth workforce development and the civic engagement uh, unit programs. Their collaboration has led to increased leadership and employment opportunities for Sacramento youth within the department. To Matthew Pales, Angelia Manuel, and David Gaines, who are being recognized for excellence in the landscape and learning program. They didn't let uh, the staffing shortage negatively impact their program this summer. They literally put on their boots uh, and worked as crew leaders this summer, which kept our young people working, learning, and earning. I do have a few announcements that I would like to uh, highlight. Uh, our Youth Development Institute has opened up registration for our next cohort, which begins November 21st. If any of the commissioners are interested in attending, I'd love to uh, help you out with that. The Sacramento Youth Commission is looking for a dynamic full-time program coordinator that is both a youth advocate and adult ally who will prepare commissioners to make informed and responsible decisions set reachable and attainable goals and help each commissioner find their voice in civic engagement. Recruitment uh, is opening from October 9th through November 6th. And once it opens, information can be found on our website. We do have a few slots for our primetime teen program still available for our second fall cohort, which begins in a couple of weeks. Um, there are Monday and Wednesday sessions at George Sim and Tuesday, Thursday sessions at South Natomas Community Center. And lastly, I'd like to uh, ask that you save the date of Saturday, March 25th, 2023. That is the date for the full return of the Youth Employment and Resource Fair, which will be uh, happening at City Hall. And as more information develops, I'll bring it to the commission. I will pitch over to Jackie. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Uh, good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. Uh, the Community Enrichment Division also had several um, quarterly and day-to-day -day nominations for staff um, or employee recognition. Um, too many to name right now, um, but we are looking forward to featuring many of these um, recognized employees in one of our upcoming Come Out and Play catalogs, so keep your eyes open for that. Um, in our aquatic section, uh, the fall season continues and we are still offering swim lessons, lap swimming, uh, aqua size, lifeguard training classes, and also weekend recreation swim for the first time in the month of October. 
at both Clooney and North Natomas Aquatics Complex. With that extension of programs, we're also continuing to train and hire lifeguards. Uh, so lifeguard training courses are continuing to be offered through October and November, so this month and next month, and we do still have scholarships available for free certification and several incentives for um, individuals that come and work for us um, after going through the certification course. We also have our much anticipated floating pumpkin patch that it will be tripling in offerings this year. So registration is now open for the Pinnell Meadowview uh, floating pumpkin patch that will be on Thursday, October 27th from 3 to 6 p.m. And that will be a joint event with our community center team hosting the Meadow Boo, Meadow Boo Halloween celebration event that evening following the floating pumpkin patch. At Clooney Pool, we'll have our floating pumpkin patch that Saturday, October 29th from 1.30 to 4.30. And we'll round it out with the North Natomas Aquatics Complex floating pumpkin patch on Sunday the 30th from 1.30 to 4.30. So please get registered for one or all of those events and hopefully we'll see you out there. In Camp Sacramento, despite several challenges that we've been updating you on um, over the last year or two years, really, considering um, the COVID impacts, we completed a successful season at camp, serving over 1,600 campers this summer and have over a 90% rebooking rate for next summer of 2023. Our postseason rental groups also served around 700 visitors um, throughout the month of September. And we're now really focusing or kind of shifting gears to closing camp down and repairing our camp stack septic system that was damaged in the Caldor fire. It is looking very promising. Um, this project is moving forward, forward fairly quickly. And so we're hoping it will be completed before we get the first winter snow. In our community centers, we are continuing to expand, expand both current and new opportunities this includes our brand new Kids Night Out program, where we will be providing safe space for youth ages 6 to 12 to enjoy recreation and enrichment opportunities on a Friday night, while their parents or caregivers can also go and enjoy an adult's night out. Um, South Natomas Community Center and Southside Clubhouse hosted the first Kids Night Out this past month of September, and we had over 40 participants. So really great turnout for our first event. Uh, we do have dates already scheduled throughout the rest of this year um, to host Kids Night Out at Hagenwood Community Center, Coloma Community Center, and also, again, South and Thomas Community Center. Um, we do invite you to visit our Come Out and Play, as I mentioned. Um, as you know, our, our catalog continues to grow as we, as a department, are expanding our services. We do have a newly added special events section. Um, and some of the events featured in that section are happening, happening in community centers. Just to name a few, um, that will also include, I mentioned our Meadow, Meadow Boo Halloween drive through event and floating pumpkin patch. We also have our Meadow Lights in the View drive through event. Um, at Oak Park Community Center, we'll be hosting a Halloween Hootenanny uh, on Thursday, October 13th a senior health fair that will be hosted by community centers at South Natomas. George Sim Community Center will be ho hosting a Goblins and Ghouls Halloween party on Friday, October 28th, and the list goes on. So 
please go visit our Come Out and Play and, and check out the new special event section that features um, events offered by our entire department. Um, the Community Center team is also preparing to reassume operations of the Clooney Community Center, Shepherd Garden and Arts Center, and the McKinley Rose Garden from Friends of East Sacramento. Um, that will begin effective December 1st. And we have already started the process just this week of accepting uh, rental applications. The first window of applications is for existing user groups in those spaces or currently utilizing those spaces. Um, and that will be open through the 21st of this month. And then reservation applications will be open to the public beginning November 1st. And that is for 2023 rentals of all three locations. So including Clooney Community Center, Shepherd Garden and Arts Center, and special events at the McKinley Rose Garden. Um, additionally, we could really use your help um, later on this month as we begin a community engagement campaign to receive feedback and input from the community and neighborhood on any potential program offerings and facility use um, of, of those two community centers and how the community would like to see them, them used and what types of programs they would like to see. So I will share more information um, regarding that engagement campaign when it's available. And then lastly, on our centers and reservation side of the house, um, applications for long-term athletic use for 2023 were due in September and staff plan to have field allocation uh, process completed by the end of November and then approved permits will be sent by the very first week of December. Um, and we do want to remind all of our sports groups, um, our youth sports groups of our sports field fee reduction and fee waiver program. We do have more information on our website and how to qualify for that program. Um, so we encourage any qualifying groups to um, submit their applications for field use. On our Access Leisure team, I think I shared last month that we launched a brand new free program for teens with disabilities ages 13 to 22. It's called the Hangout. Uh, it's a goal-oriented after-school program that takes place from 4 to 6 p.m. every Monday at Bell Coolidge Community Center. Teens can pre-register um, or have staff assist them with, with registration upon their first visit. And so far, we've had anywhere between 11 and 15 weekly visitors um, in that program. So very excited about the launch of that program. Access Leisure is also going to be hosting its annual Halloween dance for young adults and adults with intellectual and or de developmental disabilities. That's going to be on Saturday, October 29th from 630 to 830 at North Natomas Community Center. And then we're continuing to offer our um, our um, play dates, so at uh, our inclusive play dates. So for youth ages three to 12 of all abilities, uh, they can join our Access Leisure staff at Southside Park coming up on October 22nd from 10 to 12 for this free event. Um, it will include crafts, Halloween fun, music therapy, and much more. And closing it out with older adult services, our Triple R program, as many of you are aware, um, that provides respite care for caregivers of loved ones with dementia. Starting on October 10th, we're going to be offering full day service, so from 8 to 5 p.m., in addition to the current offerings of 9 to 12 service that we're providing. So we're very excited. Uh, we're still actively working to recruit and hire um, qualified staff, but we are able to provide this extended opportunity for the first time in a very long time. 
Um, full day service is going to be available at the Triple R Midtown site, which is located in Hart Senior Center, and then also at the Triple R South Park site that's in the South Hills Shopping Center. Older adult services staff are also ho hosting an intergenerational Halloween scavenger hunt. That's a sort of extension of our current neighborhood walk program that I think many of you are familiar with. It will be held on Halloween, so Monday the 31st. It'll be at 10 a.m. We're meeting at 101 I Street. Registration is free, and we hope that everyone will show up in costume. I will be out there. Um, and then lastly, also really happy to share that the Heart Trust Fund Committee um, that is dedicated to enhancing opportunities for older adults um, at Heart and around the around the city just approved $130,000 in funding that will support the purchase of a van um, that will that will be providing mobile recreation services and transportation um, for seniors to get to activities, to recreation activities at Heart Senior Center um, if they're unable to get their own transportation. It'll also help us to um, create a sensory, sensory room at a Heart Senior Center. We also plan to use some of those funds to implement a, a mobile computer lab that will be used throughout the city um, and bringing mobile computer services to our uh, older adults at other, at other community centers. Um, and it also will fund the expansion of the neighborhood walk program that I just mentioned. And with that, I will kick it over to Sean. Good evening, Commissioner. Uh, just to update you on a couple of safety items here first. Uh, we have been working with SMUD to uh, relamp a couple of our parks within the city. Um, relamping means they will go through and add uh, new lights, generally higher luminescent bulbs uh, throughout a, a park area, uh, specifically a park area that they have responsibility for um, for the interior lights, which is some of our parks do. Uh, two of those initiatives, one is currently uh, on, is happening today and, and completing tomorrow. That's the entire relamping of Tahoe Park. So Tahoe Park will be benefiting from an entire relamping of its internal lights uh, with higher luminescent bulbs. So uh, that's going to be a, a nice improvement there. We've also queued up Reichmuth uh, with uh, SMUD to begin the second phase of this project. So uh, that's going to be another big help at Reichmuth, but at Tahoe Park, it definitely uh, is going to be a welcome uh, site for the uh, neighborhoods there. Um, we're also adding some uh, industrial, uh, well, yeah, industrial quality bistro lighting at Cesar Chavez Park. There will be string lighting that will go for that will go along each of the four entry paths into the park, so that will add to the already uh, park lighting that we have, increasing the lighting in that area. Uh, we've installed uh, last month. We installed three bollards at Garcia Bend uh, that uh, block the area, uh, the turf area around the uh, the playground. Uh, we're going to be installing three bollards to prevent vehicle entry at Bertha Henschel here coming up shortly. Um, our tree trimmers actually have been extremely busy. Again, with in addition to their own, uh, in addition to the standard pruning, 
Uh, our tree trimming team has removed over a dozen very dangerous trees that had a high potential for uh, injury or property damage within our parks. Uh, volunteer hours, uh, for last month, we had 2,745 volunteer hours. 1,360 of those hours were directly attributable to the 916 uh, volunteer effort. So thank you, commissioners. That was a big plus add-on to what was otherwise a slow month. So you saved our month, most definitely. Um, a little less than last year at 3,186 hours. And that's, that's my report. Any questions? I actually have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, I was curious with the, um, you were saying how you're doing kind of the relighting of a lot of parks. Um, if you've thought about the notion, of, I want to say it's called top, like top down lighting or something where it's kind of like having the lights like all like more or less face the ground and so like you can kind of eliminate i know like we're in the city light pollution is kind of unavoidable mm -hmm. but like that can kind of help contribute to the to not light like polluting like like you know what I'm right saying. so right now we don't have a full-scale initiative we are looking at isolated parks um on a case-by-case -case basis um the relamping really isn't redesigning of the actual lights that are there, the fixtures themselves, whether they're globe or hat style. Um, this is in increasing for safety, uh, the luminescence at each of those uh, parks. Um, but yeah, there is obviously, uh, you know, at, at any future development and as new lighting gets installed or we replace older lighting throughout our parks, we would definitely be looking at lighting that is definitely conducive to not adding to the light pollution that we already experience. Lovely. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, Commissioner Lou. Hi, Sean. Um, the, the smud poles, are those the wooden ones in uh, the, the park? Smud, the smud poles are generally the hat style. Okay. Or the, the, I guess they call them like a cobra head, uh, which are the elongated with the, the bulbous end. Um, okay. Those are generally smud. Um, if you see like an old style glass globe, those are uh, generally not smud. Those would be parks or city lights. Okay. All right. Thank you. Commissioner mm -hmm. Gaines. Thank you. Um, and this is actually for everyone, I assume we're, we can ask anyone a question. Um, well, have the, we finished with the oh with the presentation? Should we move into general questions? Yes, I do believe uh, there is Ray uh, Rodriguez still up. Okay, queue. I will Sorry hold. About that. No, we don't. We don't have any more updates. Uh, Mario, you can you can that's, that's close it out. That, that concluded the department highlights. As you can tell, there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, if staff's here to answer any questions that you may have. All right. Well, thank you all for your presentations and thank you for sharing some of the good work that your staff is doing. Um, Commissioner Gaines, I, I heard another Gaines name mentioned a couple times, so make sure you give him a pat on the back for, for all of us uh, when you're done here. And I did want to um, say it um, to... 
Assistant City Manager, Laura, it's been a pleasure working with you the last uh, several years. Um, I'm very happy for you in, in the promotion that we'll miss having you. You've done a great job. Um, and with that, uh, Commissioner Gaines, I assume you still want to. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, so first, uh, just, you know, thank you guys. It's always great to hear the updates of what's going. There's always so much going on. I mean, I loved, you know, obviously not just for the other Gaines hearing, you know, his recognition, but all of the city staff's recognition, you know, we definitely love to hear that. So thank you for those of you guys who shared. Um, and Jackie, I actually had a question for you. There's so much going on um, with the um, different departments that you're overseeing. And um, you had mentioned the Meadow Boo event, which sounded great, but I missed the date. Um, but I was having trouble finding online information. So I don't know if there's a, a standard place. Like I did a quick like Facebook search and I like try to look on the website. Um, you know, because I know yeah. there's so much. So how do we, how are we able to like find all of this? Sure. So um, that particular event, um, it's actually located, it's in our come out and play fall winter 2022 edition that um, should be located right on, right when you go to our website, um, you can link to the come out and play. Um, but also if you go into ActiveNet um, in real time, all of our programs and activities that are open for registration can be found there as well. Um, and then, of course, on our social media page. So we just we just um, finalized our most recent edition of the Come Out and Play. And then I can make sure sure to share some of these flyers and more information with you as well. That is that on the IPSI page? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I can send the link out. Uh, the Meadow Boo event is um, that particular event is Thursday, October 27th. So the Meadow Boo portion starts at 6:30. The floating pumpkin patch is happening prior to that. Thank you. Any more questions for staff? Once and twice. Oh, and I should ask, are there any questions from uh, the public or any comments from the public? Madam. Okay, thank or you, Chair. It appears we do have a few hand raised. All right. Our first speaker is S. S, welcome. S. S, it's your turn to speak. Please unmute. Hello. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Wow, those were uh, some really, really fabulous. And I was curious about the park rangers. Um, there are only two, I believe uh, it was said that there are only two rangers citywide. And I was wondering if those rangers are on a rotation on uh, with city parks citywide. And then I wanted to know uh, that seems like very few, and if there was a plan to uh, hire more rangers or budget to hire more rangers. We, uh, I guess I would use that time to, uh, there was um, just something additional. I was glad to hear the uh, program um, for seniors, the mobile recreation services. I thought that was really amazing. Um, 
and I wanted to know how to uh, get in touch with the uh, presentation on uh, tree trimming and pruning of city parks. Um, and also wanted to connect to learn more about uh, the uh, lighting um, opportunities or decisions made when it comes to uh, globe, I guess is the terminology globe lighting or replacing lights uh, removed um, or damaged in um, existing parks. All right, thank you for your um, <laughs> comments of sorts. Uh, Shannon, can you uh, remind us what the number of rangers is? I'm not sure what she might have heard, but it's a, it's a bigger number than that. Absolutely. I was speaking of our two assistant park rangers. We have a total of 13 rangers within the city, two ranger supervisors, two ranger assistants, and nine rangers. And they are um, dispersed typically by calls for service, but they um, actively seek to patrol every park. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Um, the, the, the number is, you know, is a little bit bigger, but I would still <laughs> frequently argue that it's uh, a little, you know, quite a bit too small for the number of parks we have. And I always encourage anyone uh, who listened to uh, encourage their council member to put a little bit more money in the budget whenever when that comes up next spring. Um, and can we ready for the next yep. member of the public? Yes, our next speaker and final speaker is Jennifer Holden. Hey, Jennifer. Good to hear from you tonight. Good to hear from all of you tonight as well. And thank you for the opportunity to make a few comments. Um, so if we're if we're doing um, thank yous and jobs well done, I have a shout out for Shannon Brown and Anthony Munoz of, of permitting. Um, they have helped some Mangan Park recreators through a trying time, um, trying to sort out um, how many sports we can get into the smallest amount of space as fast as possible. Um, they, they did everything they could. They were responsive. They listened. They have been very helpful. And even if there's still a bit of a, a work in progress on my, that's on my end, that's not on their end. They've done everything that they can on their end. And I'm really grateful for their responsiveness and their, their efforts on um, behalf of everyone who enjoys recreation in Mangan Park, because there's a lot of us now that the pandemic is over. And um, also, uh, if we are doing events, um, it is not a YPCE event, but it is an event in a park, um, and it is permitted. It is Chorley Park's Trunk or Treat. That's October 29th from 5 to, 9, 5 to 7 p.m. Um, Classic cars, two car clubs are going to be there, costumes, candy, all of you, I hope you can make an appearance, come in costume too, we'll have fun. There's going to be um, flavored popcorns, it's it's building very well. So I'm also going to give a, a shout out for um, Trunk or Treat at Chorley Park, which is close to 24th Street and Florin Road um, on October 29th from 5 to 7 p.m. Um, otherwise, happy Halloween, y'all. Thank you for sharing, Jennifer. All right, seeing no more public comments, I will move us back to the 
commissioners and try to do things in the right order. Um, Vice Chair Vasquez, Vasquez, would you like to go? I would. Thank you, Chair. Um, mm -hmm. That's a really meaty presentation, and it's hard to keep up with all the um, good jobs that I wanted to deliver, but I'm glad that um, your employee recognition uh, sounds like it was a really good time, and I'm glad that you recognized um, everyone that you recognized today, and Director Lara, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to miss you, and you're still going to be the Assistant City Manager, so I'm sure we'll interact, but um, thank you for all the support that you've given me coming onto the commission and explaining things to me and always uh, being very responsive to me as a, a director to Parks. So thank you so much for your service. Uh, thank you to Jackie and Monica and everyone um, who presented and Raymond. Uh, job well done. I love hearing those numbers. It sounds like you have a lot of really exciting events planned. Um, and I would like to encourage you as you are having these trunk retreats and all of these different uh, holiday events, as I do every year, uh, to please make sure to provide some non-nut candies and treats for our food allergic youth who are 1 in 13. Um, so please make sure that you, are, you have inclusivity in mind when you are picking out all the candy and treats for your events. So job well done. Anybody else? All right. Ne the next item is... Oh. Commissioner Guerrero, go for it. Yes, I, um, I just want to thank uh, Director Lara for all his work with uh, Yipsy and uh, our conversations. I really appreciate them. Um, but I do, would like to encourage our, my fellow commissioners uh, to advise their council members to try to hire from within the department as a replacement for Director of Yipsy. We have tons of qualified personnel here. Um, you know, we got we struggled with, with Director Lara coming from Riverside, but Within the city of Sacramento, we have uh, well-qualified people to take over and run, run a superb pat, uh, program and, and, and make things go. Just, uh, you know, whisper in your council members' ear. All right. Thank you. Uh, we will now move on to um, commissioner comments, announcements, ideas, questions. Um, and first of all, I'd like to say awesome job, everybody, on 916 Day by the accounts that uh, we were talking about. I think we were right in the neighborhood of uh, 500 total volunteers across the uh, seven events that have happened so far. And once Commissioner Guerrero and District 3 uh, happens on Saturday, and I hope everybody will come out to that. Um, I intend to stop by briefly between soccer games, um, which is pretty much my life these days. What can I fit briefly between uh, youth sports? Um, but it was fantastic. It was something that I'm super excited about. I'm super proud of. I hope that you all are too. It's you know really incredible working with all of you. I was able to make it to six out of the seven events that that occurred so far. I'm uh, <laughs> North and Thomas Regional Park is really far from the pocket, and I couldn't quite fit it between soccer games, but um, I saw the incredible work that Commissioner Meta and um, Councilmember Ashby did up there, um, and that was fantastic, and everybody was fantastic, and I, I personally want to give um, all of you a big hand and um, thumbs up and well done, and yeah, I would... Uh, love to hear what anybody else's 
thoughts or reflections or anything else on that, as well as, of course, anything, any other um, announcements, ideas, or questions that <laughs> you may have, but I'd prefer to focus on anyone's I can say right now. Anybody? Bueller? All right. <laughs> Commissioner Herman. Uh, hi, Chair Lavelle. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to you and to Vice Chair Vasquez um, in helping me get my whole thing going. Um, once it got some momentum, it, I thought it really took off and that we were able to do some uh, substantive work at John Muir Children's um, Park. And I just, you know, it just makes me want to do more of those things. So I have reached out to um, staff at parks to try and um, point me in the direction of the, some other small projects that we can put uh, some work in in the near future. But yeah, thank you both for that help. That is fantastic to hear. One of the, it's one of the things I was hoping would happen out of this was to give people kind of the, a little experience and get the ball rolling with host doing events like this and, you know, make get more and more of them all around the city. Commissioner Flores. Uh, thank you, Chair. I, yeah, uh, I ditto everything you said, uh, Chair, and then especially all the staff support day of and then the staff support prior to like uh, the unsung heroes, obviously, are the staff. Um, and if it wasn't for the staff across multiple events in a short period of time, uh, we wouldn't have been as successful. And I, I, I know it's a total team effort. So uh, shout out to everybody that participated and helped out in the background. Absolutely. Thank you. Mr. Guerrero. Yes, I, I do want to extend an invitation to everyone to come out um, for our event this Saturday at, at McKinley Park. We'll have two groups, one in Rose Garden, one in the, in the general play area. Um, thank you for Yipsy for, for providing all the support. Uh, but if you do come out and you're expected to work, you know, like 10 minutes show up. So, you know, I don't know if you're going to take a picture, there'll be some sweat on that shirt. So uh, we don't play out there. So, but you're all invited. Come ready to work. All right, thank you, Commissioner Liu. Yes, I'd like to thank you, Devin and Victoria and Joe and uh, and Rita for helping me get mine going. I mean, once I got a little momentum there and everything kind of, and Sean from Parks and all the Park staff um, getting everything going. That was we had a really good turnout, and uh, it was a uh, it was nice. It wasn't. It was, uh, once the ball started moving, it was a uh, quick, everything kind of fell into place. I just want to thank everybody for coming out and helping me. Uh, Vice Chair Vasquez. Thank you, Chair. What I want to thank um, absolutely everybody here, number one, and uh, just kind of start that from the top down uh, for having the guts to plan eight citywide events with like a two month turnaround. Um, and having the faith that we could do it. And we did, um, last one's coming up. We're on deck here to finish it up. So thank you to our planning committee. Thank you to Director Lara for green lighting that. Um, thank you to Commissioner Flores for having this vision and this dream that has now become a legacy. Uh, every single year we're gonna have this event because of Commissioner Flores. So I wanna uh, thank, your, uh, thank you for your vision. And thank everyone for your bravery in trying something new and putting these together really quickly. Um, very specifically, I thought that we as a commission have talked a lot about things like joint use agreements with schools and parks. 
And so I thought that Commissioner Flores's event at the Met was really impactful. Uh, being with students and our youth who, you know, these parks are uh, heavily used by them, especially when their schools um, are connected to a park. So being able to park in a, in a school and uh, a park at the same time, I thought that was really wonderful. Great job, great to see your community members come out. So from Director Lara being brave enough to say, okay, green light and the vision, then we had the, uh, we had the commitment and the dedication from Esteban and Sean. So Esteban Lopez, our volunteer coordinator and Sean Ellsworth, you made it happen. You ordered the, the benches, so you ordered wood so we could make benches and paint and you brought the rollers and you brought the shovels and you got the trees and you delivered it all and you did it all with a smile. You brought swag, right? And our volunteers really felt like they were a part of something so thank you for all the extra time and commitment that you spent putting it together all at the same time, four in one day at the same time. Bravo. I still don't understand how you did it, but you guys do so much. Um, hopefully it was uh, easy for you and you didn't just make it look that way, but you really did <clears throat> make it look that way. And for everyone getting out the message, Gabby Miller and Randy Singh um, coordinating with the, the tech department of the city's website so that we could put out something like a flyer which is a lot more complicated than it sounds distributing a flyer through the city of Sacramento. So thank you to them um, for getting out the message and for checking back in. And specifically in District 6, I want to thank Jennifer Winscott at the Georgetown Community Center and Chris Wemberly for coming out to our event and bringing staff and um, helping me coordinate with Junior Giants. And for our local community, we had youth from McClatchy and Hiram Johnson and West Campus, and we had Sac State. We had a team from Verizon Wireless and our local, uh, one of our neighborhood associations brought pizza for everybody that volunteered. So I just want to thank the Tahoe Park Neighborhood Association publicly for their, um, for their help. And I'm really looking forward to finding a place for next year for 916 Day. Um, so thank you, everyone. Job well done. We did it. Yeah, um, Commissioner Flores' event at the Met was good, but it's one at New Tech High School was way better. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for that correction. My goodness. And it was really fun. I was, I had a really good time at all of your events. So well done, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And thank you, uh, Vice Chair Vasquez, for being way better at saying thank you than I am. So ditto everything she said. Um, and yeah. All right. Any, uh, any announcements, ideas, or questions beyond 916 Day? Going once, going twice. If, if anybody uh, isn't tired of uh, volunteering in parks, I got a, a tree planting come up coming up, not this Saturday, but next Saturday at Conlon Park. It's the, the third in a series of three tree plantings we've been doing over the last several years to um, put a nice natural separation between the sports fields there um, at the park and the less than beautiful and very noisy freeway right there and it um it's it's going to be quite an imp improvement after uh, nature's done its thing over the next several years um so would love to see anybody who wants to come out to that um yeah all righty then we will move on to the last item public comments on matters not on the agenda I see that we have a hand up. So, Madam Clerk, do your thing. Yes, thank you, Chair. It appears we do have a few hands raised. Our first speaker is Edgar Zazueta. Hey, Edgar. Welcome. 
Good evening. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Edgar Sasueta. I am the president of the Sacramento Soccer Alliance. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization run entirely by volunteers to provide uh, accessible, affordable soccer program to the children in our community. Uh, unfortunately, here I, I, I am here tonight to, to express some concerns um, and at the request of some of the parents of our organization. Uh, we've been trying to work with the city staff for about a year and a half on the long-term youth permit uh, applications, and we've had some challenges, specifically as it relates to two parks, Bill Conlin Sports Complex and Banfliff Park. Uh, in short, uh, July of this year, staff uh, notified us that we were no longer going to have access to the Bill Conlin Sports Complex in 2023, uh, and we think that that announcing that before applications have submitted was inconsistent with the city's own stated policy. So we're asking for the commission's assistance on that end. Uh, and then lastly, a couple notes in terms of what things we'd like the city to consider as they're reviewing our application. Uh, we've been the actual users of that facility since 2011. Our records show that we've invested more than $200,000 in maintaining those fields that not only benefit our organization, but the entire community. Uh, as the chair was just talking about there, uh, there at Conlin Park. Uh, also, earlier this year, we had been working with the city. Um, they admitted that there was some problems with the field allocation process in 2022. Uh, there was some commitments that our kids wouldn't be impacted. Unfortunately, we did have about 150 players age 8 through 13 who were displaced at uh, Banfleth Park. So in closing, uh, we're, we summarize these issues in a letter, in a September 16th letter to the city. I will go ahead and share those with the commission, but any support you could provide would be appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Tisha Wong. Tisha, welcome. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you for the time this evening. Again, my name is Tisha Wong. I am a resident parent coach of the Sacramento Soccer Alliance and a community member of District 7. This is a call for help. On September 19th, I met with Assistant Director of City Parks, Shannon Brown, along with my colleague, Holly Reynolds, via Zoom, to express my concerns over the fair and equitable access to soccer fields within our community of District 7. During this meeting, we discussed the permitting process and how it was being applied to the long-term permitting field use requested by the SSA board. Ms. Brown stated that the city process guide was outlined on, our, on the website and also provided a copy during our Zoom meeting. During our discussions, there was something that was very concerning, a very concerning difference. The city gives priority to recreational soccer clubs over competitive soccer. I asked if this was fair and equitable to give preference over one group of people versus another. This priority is not stated anywhere within the city guidelines or FAQs. Guidelines, guidelines that Ms. Brown stated, they do not deviate from. I want to believe that the process is fair and equitable for our children, children that this is affecting. I'm requesting that the City Parks Commission do a review of the City Park permitting process. That includes how long term field use permits are granted how decisions are made, and if the process is equitable and consistent. As a community with SSA, I want to partner with the city commissioners to discuss 
the community, community issues, concerns, and needs that are affecting our children and the community of District 7. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Ray Mancini. Ray, welcome. Thank you. This is Leo, my son. Hi, my name is Leo. I'm 10 years old and live in the pocket. I'm here to tell you about the problem with the city park that's hurting me, my friends, and hundreds of other kids in Sacramento. <coughs> I play competitive soccer with the Sacramento Soccer Alliance. My team is great and all my teammates have such amazing chemistry and friendships. We come from Pocket, Green Haven, Lamb Park, East Sac, Midtown, and Downtown. For the past three years, my team has practiced and played home games at Bonfleth Park with a number of other SSA teams. It has nice grass, a lot of space, and my team has gotten better playing there over the years. My team has won our league the past two years and have come in first or second place in lots of tournaments. We even made it into the local newspaper for winning a big tournament in Palo Alto. We were really proud to represent Sacramento. However, this fall season, everything changed. All of a sudden, the city took away our right to practice at Bonfleth. Now, we practice at John Cabrillo Elementary School, where the field is basically a lumpy mess of weeds, gopher holes, dirt, and dry grass. We sometimes practice with sneakers on the school's blacktop because our coach is worried that we might twist an ankle in the gopher holes. This is no place to be playing competitive soccer. Why won't the city let us practice at Bonfleth anymore? My coach told me SSA has been using the field for 10 years. I also play with an older SSA team at Bill Conlon Sports Complex and heard that the city might take that field away from us too. I love playing soccer so much and this year it's been really hard for my team to play our best without good, consistent, and safe fields. I hope you will do the right thing and see the, the, that the way these fields are being taken away is unfair. My team wants to play on the fields we know and love. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is S. S, welcome back. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to um, have a moment to uh, speak again. Um, I am really, really trying to um, engage with the commission. I'm not really sure on um, how to engage after um, wonderful uh, presentation of five people and how to make those comments and then um, make comments for each of those or even ask questions um, at the time that um, the hand is raised. And so um, I will uh, continue to um, engage um, with uh, the commission and figuring out how to do that. And I just um, would like uh, some guidance with that at this time. So thank you uh, so much. And thank you for the information on uh, the correction information on uh, the rangers, the number of rangers. Thank you. Thanks. I know it can be a little confusing sometimes. Um, these, this period is, is essentially for us to hear from you. Um, if you have questions for the staff about the pre their presentations, 
the best um, the best thing to do is to um, email uh, staff. Um, I'm would the would the clerk be the best person to 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 for staff for the audience to email? Is that would that be right? Um, or um, that would probably be best to go to um, the commission staff. So probably someone so from Raymond. Yeah. So, so Raymond or email Raymond Rodriguez, and he can uh, direct it to the appropriate staff, and they can. Uh, well, I've always found answered all my questions and all the questions that I've been privy to with, you know, great detail. Um, that's just I know it's can be a little confusing and frustrating how this process works, but um, that would, that's what I would recommend. And, you know, sorry for any confusion or frustration you might've felt tonight, but thank you for coming. Thank you. Our final speaker is Jennifer Holden. Jennifer, welcome back. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, good evening, commission. Um, thank you for wonderful presentations tonight. Um, I want to make a request for support for um, the park in my neighborhood, Mangan Park. Um, it was, our pool house was significantly vandalized this past week. Two of its four walls were covered in graffiti and profanity. And so Mangan Park needs um, a little extra love. I'll be working with the city more, but any support the commission could give on getting security cameras and additional lighting in Mangan Park would be appreciated. Um, uh, it, it might help to calm things down. I have talked to SAG PD. They have increased patrol in the area. I see them, but we have homeless people living in the park or parking next to the park in the streets and uh, patrol coming by a couple of times a day isn't enough. Uh, we probably need some security cameras out there. Um, so that is just to protect city property. And then also, um, I'm concerned about maintenance of Woodbine. Woodbine's not in my neighborhood, but it's around the corner and down the street and still in the council, same council district. It hasn't been watered. The trees are dying. I, I heard somebody say that they talked to a maintenance worker who said a pipe was broken um that that field needs to be fixed i heard a young man talk about the the rough ground at grillo um woodbine's just as bad their football team hasn't really been able to practice in woodbine because of the condition of the grounds so if something some support or something could be done about that that would um improve the um athletic opportunities in district five significantly thank you very much thank you Oh, and I, I wanted to add for um, S. Raymond's email is rrodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, at cityofsacramento.org. Um, all right. With that, we have concluded tonight's agenda. Oh, all right. Well, go for, go for it, Commissioner Guerrero. Yes, I had a comment on some of the callers and, 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 and youth sports. I've been involved in youth sports about coaching 18 years from recreational to competitive. Um, I don't know how much experience the rest of the commission has regarding these sports. You know, a lot of you I see are, are, are starting to be involved in this. Um, I agree. I don't know if it's the official policy, but I want to say I agree with letting the rec 
uh, have first choice of these fields, but for uh, in any area in Sacramento, they've been regulated to the crappier fields and now they have an opportunity because now fields are not uh, under control by uh, exclusive use permits as they, as they had in, during the recession. So they have opportunities to, to access these fields. They outnumber competitive, uh, the numbers of players and competitive teams. So um, I do appreciate that um, some sort of uh, recognition is given to rec players. On top of that, they only play in the fall season while competitive plays year round. So they're only asking to use the field during the fall season. Um, competitive soccer can use it year round. And while, while you know, maybe an inconvenience to competitive soccer to, to not use the fields they have been accustomed to and actually use fields that the rec have been using. Um, one thing that doesn't come into come into play is the actual maintenance of these fields. So with the heavy use of soccer during the spring, winter, and sometimes summer seasons, playing tournaments on these fields, um, they don't get they don't get the rest they need. So we end up having uh, issues with the field. By the time fall comes around, you have ruts that have dried up, fields that are uneven, and and you get the result that you know our last caller focused on. So I've been out there at Cabrillo, uh, the school, and played on those fields with, with kids. Yeah, it's not good at all, but it's been utilized by rec teams for many years, and I'm glad to see that they're finally getting on some good fields and actually use a program. And to be honest, it's only the fall, and it's only, it's only the fall season. So um, uh, I am supportive of, uh, of the way the permitting has been done. I just wanted to make that statement. All right, thank you. And I, I know the um, parks staff and uh, the commissioners in the Commissioner Flores and also uh, Commissioner Vasquez from her uh, has also made getting Cabrillo fixed a big priority of hers. So um, that's, I don't, I believe it is in the progress right now, but it is happening. Um, so thank you for your comments and that now concludes tonight's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation and the meeting is adjourned. Good night y'all.